When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Great to in on a Monday. It's Hale Bar City Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. It is good to be home, man. It's good to be home. It's good to be in studio. I rarely say that. I love being on the road, but I've been on the road. I think I've hit about four Big Ten states. Well, there's still Big Ten states uh, in the last uh, few days. Let's get to it. Plenty of football to dive into. Realignment backstabbing hurt feelings the texas way we'll get there in a little bit Uh, some thoughts on the future 50 coming up from steve warren husker great and of course uh, founder with the warren academy we will be on the road wednesday at the warren academy and the the uh, future 50 that uh, showcases some of the top in-state talent about an hour away from us here in eastern lincoln up uh, in the metro region. So Steve invited us up. We're going to set up shop, do a live Hale Varsity Roadshow on Wednesday. But plenty to talk about with Steve, uh, about his showcase, about Aaron Rodgers uh, from a former Packer, and yes, realignment, because kids that Steve's coaching and training, a lot of those kids are going to where they think is either Big Ten, Pac-12, SEC. <laughs> it could change by the end of the week. Not Not really. And Greg Smith, also the recruiting impact here of of realignment. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Numbers to dial up. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal and email chris at alevarsity.com. So what do you think here? What do you think of realignment are you anxious for the new college football world? Are you leery of the new college football world? Elijah, I know you and Willie spent some time on it on it Friday. It's it's more of a reality now. And is is the the plot gonna thicken here? Are we done with the SEC and just adding two to go from twelve to fourteen? Or are they done shopping yet? And I I ask that because we had seen on social media over the weekend that there there had been some, dare I say, overtures. If you're the SEC, do you reach out to Ohio State? Do you reach out to Michigan? I'm talking about just pillaging the ACC. Do you go find Clemson and Notre Dame and Carolina? And who else am I missing? And you got Virginia. Oh, Florida State. Florida State. Florida State. I mean, do you do you stop at fourteen? And what's the the Big Ten's recourse? Well, they better not stand pat. They were aggressive. Uh, 
and dialed in 10 years ago uh, with Nebraska. So I'm interested here, what does the Big Ten do? Does it make too much sense to go Pac-12 shopping, get that that incredible six-pack of Oregon, of Washington, of Stanford, of USC, of UCLA, of Cal, get your brainiac uh, Silicon Valley universities in Stanford and Cal, high dollar, high delivery research juggernauts that occasionally are good at football and other sports, and then you 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 round it out with Nike and in Oregon, Washington's been pretty traditionally good. SC, you go get Hollywood, UCLA and USC to you turn. You turn 12 into 20 if you're the Big Ten. Think about the money you could command. Think about what the, the Pac-12 is needed. That's some TV help. And think about what you could do as a Big Ten network already. You, you, you stream stuff. But now you could kill it with your basketball and baseball and your other football options. Assuming, I mean, your, your marquee matchups will be on on ABC, on ESPN, on Fox. You've got your, your Tier 1. But you could kill it from a subscription standpoint with your Tier 2, Tier 3, or just your own your own network. The Pac-12 network never really took off. The Big Ten network's been great for a long time. This makes too much sense. I just wonder, you know, what happens with the Kansases and Iowa States? Do they merge with what's left over of the Pac-12? You know, what happens to the ACC? And there's about three or four good schools out of the AAC. I mean, we'll, we'll know here sooner rather than later. But you can't wait around. Good thing Barry Alvarez is now working as special assistant for the Big Ten. Because I think Barry can make this. Barry's good enough. And I know, like, Nebraska fans still frown at him. But Barry's good at working the, the, uh, the, the, the political reality of the Big Ten, the chancellors, the presidents, and then all the brainiacs that are out in the Pac-12. Big Ten and Pac-12, are they, they serve chilled wine at their, their parties, all right? It's not a Bush Light party, but they need, the, they, need, they need to invite people that do like Bush Light, if that makes sense, <laughs> okay? And, and I think the Pac-12, Big Ten merger could be, could be where you go. You got to go that direction if you're the Big Ten. Kansas doesn't do it for me. Cincinnati doesn't do it for me. Notre Dame always tells you to go to hell. They don't even buy you breakfast after they're done. Well, yeah. Are, are okay. you are you saying that Nebraska should we go out of these West Coast schools is going to be Garth Brooks and friends in low places showing up in cowboy boots? No, I, <laughs> Nebraska's always shown up, and Nebraska's played about everybody worth a damn in the Pac-12 over the last twenty-five years. Home and homes, they've done a lot of them. See, my, my question when you look at the Pac-12 is, I mean. Uh, do, do the football brands of the Pac-12 carry enough weight? Because you look at it, and, and it's total football move by the SEC. I get you. So far, conference expansion. The conferences that have expanded have only raked in more money. We look at the the Big Ten adding Nebraska, Rutgers, Maryland. They've made more money. The SEC adding Texas A&M and Missouri. They've made more money. And, and the schools or the conferences, excuse me, that stayed small. The the Big Twelve, which only had ten schools. The Pac-12. Uh, they were still less than the SEC, uh, the Big Ten, and the ACC. And their finances have hurt because of it. So when you look at that, does that make the Big Ten go? Well, we can't stay smaller than the SEC because if we do, they're going to kill us financially. You got you got to be well because you're going to command rights. It's but, all about commanding rights, money in 2025. And while the Big Ten has been selective, 
they still out earn by about nine million dollars under the current rights deal right now. They out earn the SEC. SEC rolls in about forty five to forty eight million per team. The the Big Ten's paying their league members fifty six. What you gotta be able to do is do the math, expand to keep up with the Joneses, and you're not gonna get a brand of Texas and Oklahoma. Well, 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 the question is, is you're, you're getting a down brand. You could get a USC, you could get a Oregon, okay, and you could get a Stanford. You can get you can get some equal or as wow brands in in more than just football. But football is what what drives the bus. I think I think you got to go take who you want from the Pac-12 and go that route. Don't jack with Notre Dame. Notre Dame be perfect. They're gonna they're gonna either stay with the ACC or go to the highest bidder. Yep. And I and I honestly think if I'm the SEC, I'm not I'm not done with Texas and Oklahoma. This is perfect because this is going to be great. Texas is going to roll into the SEC, get punched in the face, and they they've been less than great in the Big Twelve. Now they're going to go into the SEC where, okay, uh, Texas's rivals could be A&M, LSU, and Oklahoma, right? The, the Bill Connolly put together, each school gets three permanent rivals, right, when you're scheduling this thing. So Arkansas would get Missouri, Oklahoma, and, and Texas A&M. Uh, Alabama's Auburn, Mississippi State, Tennessee. Mike Leach, God love him, the Pirate will get to go dismantle Texas yet again, which would be, would be fun. Uh, LSU, Ole Miss, Texas, and, and A&M. I mean, so... You better be on your game with the right hire. What's hilarious, and Dirk Chantlin wrote about this, you had 93 draft picks out of the state of Texas last year. And a third of them went to Texas. 66% went other places. So Texas better have their hire right and turn their football around now or they're done. Because everyone else is going to continue to invade their state from the SEC. That's been happening with A&M moving, okay? And and Texas better be able to to transition competitively or they'll be buried. Are, are we even ready to go in and say Texas and Oklahoma are surefire going to the SEC? We know they're not going to stay in the Big 12. They've made that clear. I don't think – listen, the Big Ten's got a certain ilk that they want and – You'd be good at athletics, but but don't wear uh, the who farted tank top to the to the cocktail party. We know how they value research dollars and education. There's an aura of of affluency with with the Big Ten mm-hmm. that totally matches up with the Catalina wine mixer out west that the Pac-12 is. Yeah, that's more of a fit football wise and brand. Yeah, Oklahoma and Texas. Two great gets in the Big Ten. They don't fit, dude. Because to, 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 to the Big Ten snobs, Texas and Oklahoma don't wear shoes, don't wear socks, and don't take their boots off when you get to the front door. That's just what it is. There's football reality, and then there's cultural fit. And the OUs and Texases of the world fit way better in the SEC. What happens if... Clemson and, and, and Notre Dame can be talked out of it. What do you do? Do you stay, Pat, if you're Clemson? And, and you can go 12-1 and one and doesn't matter, you're going to the playoff? Or do you jump to, to this monster super SEC? I don't think it stops. 
I think you had an arms race to to 20. And you're going to line up your 20 if you're smart in the Big Ten. And the, and the SEC is going to line up who they want. Two more have been added. And, and more could follow. And there's there's your two leagues. So isn't, it isn't four monster conferences. It's going to be your NFC and your AFC. A combination somehow, somewhere, the Big Ten and the Pac-12, the ACC and the SEC. And my question is, is if you are the Big Ten and – you, I mean, do you go get Miami? We, we, we aren't even to sixteen yet, but but do you go get Miami. We are to sixteen yet, but if, if we're talking twenty, can you afford to be choosy in what twenty you're getting? Whenever you think about this, this is a football move, and I know that it's the it's on the presidents and the chancellors who are picking who's going to be coming into the conference, and they have their their own interests in mind there when they're picking schools. But whenever the SEC is just going, all right, you're a football power, you're in the SEC. You're a football power, come play some SEC football. Can the Big Ten afford to say? Uh, your academics aren't up to snuff because they'll get left behind in, in, in football conference. Like, look at the money that this, uh, CBS is going to offer the SEC. And I know Fox is prepared to make a big money offer to the Big Ten as well, but can you afford to say, mm, I know you're great at football and you have great fan support, but we can't have you because your academics aren't up to snuff? Well, here's the, this, the, that, that wrestling match is solved if you go to the Pac-12, because the academics are up to snuff, they're very prestigious. It is. It is what it is. And Cal and Stanford are prestigious. It's been a long time since Aaron Rodgers was going 10-2 and two at Cal. UCLA and SC are prestigious, and they've had moments, UCLA has, on the football field, but more so SC's still a 9-4 and four program. Washington's been to the playoff. And Oregon's got Uncle Phil money, and, and Oregon's been a ten and two program, uh, barring the uh, the Helfrich years. I mean, Helfrich was really good as early in his career, but no, I mean, I think the I think the move is is to go scoop up who you want from the Pac twelve. Gary's going to jump on with this to talk college football playoff and expansion. Uh, let's bring Gary in on Hale Varsity. Gary, go ahead. Thanks for calling. Man, long time. I know. What's up? Hey, uh, <laughs> hey. The question I have is: let's let's assume let's just assume the Big Twelve goes away. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happens uh, with the playoff with the college football playoff? I know they're talking about expanding it, but teams like like Boise State or or just anybody, you know, that's not in one of the three or uh, what is it, three super conferences, then uh, they're not going to have a snip at ever getting into into the uh, football playoff thing, are they? I don't believe so. I think you're going to take your top six. I think you're going to end up with two super conferences, and then you're going to have a third leftover league, maybe a fourth leftover league. And if you're if you got enough juice in the leftover league, and that means – Say you get a really good Baylor team or a good TCU or Iowa State keeps killing it or Pitt is good or Syracuse. Maybe they're part of the invite over a a fourth choice from the Pac-12 Big Ten Convergent or the ACC-SEC Convergent. I mean, it, it it's haves and have-nots. The, the expansion wasn't for the little guys. The, the expansion was for the bigger leagues to get more teams in. It's going to be interesting to watch. Let's just see if te- right. hey, Texas, you, guys have a you great, too. You guys, 
the, the best yeah, part of this, Gary, really. thanks, bud. The best part of this is if, if Texas doesn't show up ready to go, they're going to get pummeled. <laughs> they're finally getting that life term the, the, for the, being bad people. Yeah, if, uh, if Texas isn't like bringing their A game, it's going to be worse than Nebraska's first decade in the Big Ten. Nebraska's first few years in the Big Ten were okay. And that's what, what saves it. But yeah. Texas, they could have uh, 10 straight years ago in 3-9. and nine. <laughs> They're not bringing it in the SEC if they that'd get this high That'd be kind of cool. I'm, I'm all of a sudden for this experience. Tell me that doesn't put a smile on your face. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it, it's not that long ago the Pac-12 was thinking about adding Texas and Oklahoma, right? I mean, that, that was like a 12th hour invite by the Pac-12 or Pac-10 at the time when the Big 12 was teetering and Nebraska said, let's do it. Let's join the Big 10. Well... Uh, I would say Commissioner Warren, but I mean Barry Alvarez, you're on the clock along with some other input. Greg Smith's on the way. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery recruiting guru, Greg Smith, with us from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine at Greg Smith HV. We got a ton to talk about. We got the future 50 on the way. We'll talk to Steve Warren in an hour. Greg will be up there with full coverage for Hale Varsity along with us with the future 50, the recruiting showcase for in state. But uh, without further ado, Greg Smith, Green Bay hater, uh, pro or con that your, your guys get to, to maybe smack Aaron Rodgers around one more season. Oh, boy, that's a con. Um, I didn't know if you could hear me weeping uh, from across town. I heard some wailing. Uh, Old Cheney to Cornhusker, it was loud. I wonder what that was. It's like somebody burnt a a ribeye or something. Yeah, that's about the same sound that I would make if that had happened, too. Um, I'm tired of Aaron Rodgers, man. Get him out of the division. Like, I'm just tired of him. Uh, He lives to decimate Bears. I'm tired of it. Like, I'm I'm waiting for the trade to be announced or him to retire. Please go. Well, you'll you'll get uh, either retirement or or maybe release slash trade next year. But you got one more year of the the reigning MVP. Well, there there we go. Hey, it's just an opportunity for Fields to do some work, Greg. I love it. Uh, That's those, right. Those Bears-Packers games are, are, are wonderful. You tell me this. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas off to the SEC. We'll see if the SEC keeps feeding or they stop at where they're at. Uh, time will tell with, with what reality is uh, with this super conference. Do they, do they just – you tell me this. What do you think? Does the SEC just stop? with Texas and Oklahoma, or do they they make a a, a big pitch to Notre Dame? I don't think Ohio State and Michigan, it's not that they haven't probably been back-channeled to by the SEC. Uh, That said, I think think they'll they'll stick and stay. That is, if if the the Big Ten kind of gets off their keister and and starts uh, being progressive here. But what's your take here on this move, Texas and Oklahoma? Two foes we used to know. Yeah, I think to to go with a wrestling analogy here, I think that the SEC has added Kevin Nash and Scott Hall to their NWO as they are Hulk Hogan. Mm. Um, and I think that to continue adding people would just to be what happened with the NWO when they just kept adding people to add people. I think they need to stop. 
Like, I think that this should be about it for them. Um, unless you're going to go out here and get Notre Dame and Clemson, then I, I just don't understand why you continue to do it and expand um, if you're the SEC. Unless the end game here really is for the SEC to get so powerful that they just split off from the NCAA. They're the first ones to pull the cord um, and just completely do their own thing. I think it'd be an indication of that if they continue after this. But no, keep it with Scott Hall. Um, and Kevin Nash, a.k.a. Oklahoma and Texas for now. Man, you just threw out Notre Dame and Clemson and Texas and Oklahoma. In the words of the Nike commercial, uh, Jerry Jones, if I had 10 more Deion Sanders, I could rule the world. Well, uh, <laughs> you get Notre Dame, Clemson, Texas, and Oklahoma? Man. Now, it, I mean, that's really the only way. Like, <laughs> like otherwise, like nothing really should like interest them, in my opinion. Sure. Um, other than figuring that out, but I, I do wonder, like, if somebody's like trying to back channel Clemson, like that, that is the interesting thing, um, because they're in a really similar situation to Oklahoma was in the Big Twelve, right? They're the ones kind of propping up that conference. Uh, more than anybody, you would hope that Florida State was going to kind of be the mm-hmm. Texas um, to their situation, but it's it's not really happened that way. Um, or is Clemson just content, you know, ruling the roost in the ACC? That that's a huge domino that's out there. I, I just wonder if anyone's talking to them. No one's touching their league, but maybe maybe uh, maybe you, you take who you want. Maybe maybe you add four from the ACC: you go Clemson, North Carolina, Clemson, North Carolina, Notre Dame, and Florida State. Yeah, okay, so that would that would be something, too. Um, the problem is, is, man, Florida State's having a tough time getting back in the ACC. Sure. Man, think about trying to <laughs> make your comeback uh, in that loaded-up SEC. That would be really tough. Greg Smith is with us. Recruiting thoughts, HailVarsity.com and magazines, where you read him at Greg Smith on HV on Twitter, talking conference expansion. So uh, this relates to Nebraska and the Big Ten. The Big Ten needs to do what? Uh, in your opinion, and and you know, let's talk locally too. Second part is how does how is an expanded Big Ten does it help or hurt Nebraska specifically if if this expansion goes west? You know, it, it's really it, it is really interesting because it depends on how that expansion goes, right? I think it helps Nebraska if it goes west. Um, I think it's kind of neutral if it's like Iowa State and Kansas. Um, I think it helps everyone if it's Notre Dame. Um, but the thing, the weird thing about Notre Dame is, is no matter, and they're in this tough spot or tricky spot for everyone else trying to add them, is no matter what happens, Notre Dame just continues to gain leverage, right? Like, so no matter what the situation is, everyone's still fighting over Notre Dame, and as long as they've got that carrot hanging out there, they can kind of do what they want and kind of name their price and their terms. Um, but but it would be interesting because the Big Ten, if, if the SEC is going to continue grabbing up big-time schools, then the Big Ten can't sit idle, right? I don't know if it's an option for them to just kind of sit by and let this happen because that gives the other conferences kind of an opportunity to slide in and expand themselves and then make their conferences stronger. So the Big Ten is going to have to do something. Well, Greg, on the other side of things, uh, I mean, if Nebraska adds a school like Kansas, I know they have a great basketball program, but really this is this is a money issue for football whenever you look at the, the new TV rights deals that are going to be coming shortly. So if the Big Ten is adding teams that aren't going to be improving their, their product on the football field all that much, isn't it just more schools you have to divide the money out uh, among and give less to each school? Yeah, that, that's a great point because you do – the problem is you start to run out of, like, 
premier football programs that could be on the move. The only caveat to that is because with Kansas and the unique situation that they're in when it comes to basketball, I mean, they make an already great basketball league even better, and maybe the Big Ten goes maybe pushes more chips all in towards t- to, the, to the basketball side of things. Uh, Kansas basketball does operate in the black. They're one of the few basketball programs that does that, so there's some attraction there. Um, I just don't know if it's enough to want to bring along all the rest of the things uh, going on at you know, I, I look at this, and let's just look at the Pac-12, where you get Oregon and, and the Nike angle. You get Washington. They've been a traditional power. Stanford and Cal, when it comes to research money, because that's, yep. I mean, we talk about football earnings, and we're talking your $60 million, and, and that number would go up. The Pac-12 probably made about $35 million, right? And the Big Ten was paying their uh, constituents $56 million. So you add that, you add that revenue together, you add six more teams to an even 20 for this Big Ten Pac-12 conglomerate. So the the cheese and wine academic folks would be frothing at the mouth to add a Stanford and a Cal, right? Yeah. I mean, to, to go with a Northwestern and then on top of what you already do as a Big Ten institution with research money, that's incredible. And then you get the football side of it with, with Oregon and, and Stanford has, has been pretty good at football. They've been a little bit down. And then you've got UCLA and SC, right, that, that are kind of notable powers with, with Washington. I think that's the route you go. you got Barry Alvarez as the, the wartime concierge right now. Uh, so maybe you start – you've had long-standing relationships anyway due to the Rose Bowl. I mean, you could put this pod system together – we just talked about Andy Staples kind of laid it out. This 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 is what you gotta you, you gotta be moving, and you try and get six, but you you gotta add because I don't think the SEC probably stops at Oregon, or I should say at, at Oklahoma or Texas. I don't think they stop there. I think they're I think they're gonna try and go get Notre Dame and, and Clemson. They've got it, don't you? Yeah. See, that's the thing. If you wanna the way for the Big Ten to then re-kind of grab momentum and grab big headlines really would be to go with the system that Staples laid out, right? And that you go with the pods and then you've got kind of your western frontier of the Big Ten and Nebraska can be a part of that because just with, I guess because of flights and geography, you would fit a little bit better in that situation. Um, and then some of those schools, like a lot, it used to be to where the styles were just so totally different in the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, but a few of those schools that you named off in the beginning, Oregon, um, Stanford for sure, Cal now to play a little bit more Smash Mouth football, and it would, it would be for, make for a really interesting TV product, though. That you got, you know, Penn State versus USC um, on a Saturday night um, ABC primetime game. That's a conference game. That that could get kind of fun. Greg, a uh, few minutes left here, so I want to get your thought on what the Big Ten going west would do for recruiting. I mean, we've seen Nebraska try to go to California for recruiting before, but if there's, you know, West Coast schools, does that open up an entire new coast for the Big Ten to go recruit along? Uh, yeah, because what the, one of the things that happened when, like, Nebraska left the Big 12, um, and people always talk about Texas and how they lost uh, the ability to recruit Texas or it got diminished. The reason is because those kids couldn't, their parents couldn't drive, had be driving distance to go and see Nebraska play anymore, right? Um, and so if you get back into get back into California and you're recruiting more out west and you're playing those schools on a regular basis, in theory, those kids' parents could drive and see their kids play on a regular basis or semi-regular basis. Um, so that would be a benefit for recruiting in that way. It would be, and... 
Nebraska's had a good history with you know, since you and I've been in college and out of college, Greg. Nebraska's had home and homes with Cal. They've had home and homes with Oregon. They've had a couple of different mm-hmm. home and homes with Washington, right? And they've they've done the USC and they've done a couple of different ones with UCLA. So Nebraska's always done that to be able to 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 go wow in California. So it, it would make sense, you know, selfishly from a Nebraska standpoint, but California is always going to be heavily recruited. And it's not the, 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 the non-conferences would go away. You'd still be able to either schedule your in-state rival as a non-conference setup or have a, a really cool neutral site opportun- interconference between the ACC slash SEC, if that becomes a reality, and, uh, and, and the Big Ten Pac-12 contingent. This could work, but I just wonder... What happens? And I'm thinking of the rest of the Big 12, and I'm thinking of the rest of the Pac-12. They form their own league, and then also lob a phone call to like who they want out of the ACC, AAC, excuse me, which is Cincinnati, Central Florida, probably. Yeah, and I think that you, you, if you're some of those other schools, and so like if you're, I don't know, Baylor, Texas Tech, Arizona, Arizona State, some of those schools, like I do think that you need to have your eye out to say, hey, we want to kind of, we can form a different thing so that we have some protection here too, because I'm not sure if we're going to have a seat at the big boy table, because they're not beating, door, beating down our doors to try to make some sort of super league. But I am really intrigued by the Big Ten trying to get out ahead of making a super conference. Greg Smith is with us. Greg, real quick uh, recruiting update here. You know, what's the radar look like for Nebraska here commitment-wise? Yeah, I think the the radar commitment-wise, if you're probably only hoping for either decisions out of um, Jaden Mangum, who, who's coming up here next week, uh, probably down between Nebraska and West Virginia. We'll see what, how that kind of goes. Jake Makula, um, the offensive lineman out of Colorado, and Valen Erickson, the offensive lineman from Chicago. Those are on the horizon as well. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Coming up here in less than an hour, Steve Warren, Warren Academy, the uh, Future 50, is showcase coming up Wednesday. We are live on the road Wednesday. Hale Varsity up at the Warren Academy. And uh, in about 20 minutes, Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt, will get his take on Texas, on OU, on conference expansion, and uh, just the um, living the, the reality of, of Big 8 to Big 12 from Coach McBride and where Nebraska was at. So you have shots fired by Dr. Casey Shrum, head of Oklahoma State, the... Uh, Cowboys president. Earlier today, OU delivered a document to the Big 12 Conference Office, which indicated they will not sign the Grant of Rights Agreement in 2024-2025. This action was strategic, it was deliberate, and it was the result of months of planning with the SEC. We believe these conversations, which developed over a long period of time, are in clear breach of the bylaws of the Big 12 Conference and broke a bond of trust between our universities in existence for decades. It is difficult to understand how an Oklahoma institution of higher education would follow the University of Texas 
to the detriment of the state of Oklahoma. (laughs) Wow. Nevertheless, we are turning our eyes to the future and looking at what is best for Oklahoma State University. Over the last few days, I've received countless phone calls, texts, and emails from high-ranking officials and members of the Cowboy family showing their support for OSU as we navigate the road ahead. Regardless of what comes next, OSU is dedicated to the state of Oklahoma. We remain confident Oklahoma State is in the strongest position we've ever been in, And I'm excited about the future of Oklahoma State University and our land-grant mission, world-class facility, faculty, and top-notch athletic programs. You betrayed your state, you bastard. And you followed Texas to do it. That was pointed and brilliant. I bet Casey's a lawyer, because that was well-written. Yeah, and I mean, the only thing that's real lawyer speak is him saying, uh, I believe we're in the best position we've ever been in. I'm not sure about that one, bud. Um, But what? Her. The hair's pulled back, my friend. Oh. (laughs) Androgynous names, they always get you. Yes. (laughs) I guess I better check my own sexism. That's on me. No, that's fine. (laughs) I'm just making sure Casey's a very attractive doctor here. Okay, yeah, but, uh, I mean, do we really think that Oklahoma State's in the best position they've ever been in? Like, no. But uh, at the end of the day, that wasn't about – I mean, this was was her attacking Oklahoma for sure. I mean, and Oklahoma – did follow texas here and texas i mean they're a, they're a proven backstabber they've done it countless times now they're doing it again and now oklahoma is joining them and stabbing backs like that, that it leaves it leaves a bit of a bad taste in your mouth it does that that was those are fighting words and well crafted and let that sink in because man now the other side of this coin is If I'm Oklahoma, I've been carrying you for a long time, Oklahoma State. If I'm Texas, right, I mean, let's be straight. The former governor of Texas, when she was in power, is the one who got Baylor in. All right. So just be careful of who you're in bed with. And right now you're in bed with Texas. And I just wonder if if, if the ink is drying on this. So if you're the Big 12, can you just fine Oklahoma and Texas for doing this? I know it's going to run you about $70 million to get out. Totally understand that, but that'll get paid for. And if you're the Big 12, do you prevent Texas and Oklahoma from going to the Big 12 title game? I mean, what type of punitive action can you take? We know what happened with Nebraska the last year. You had a long, lonesome night down at A&M, right? I mean, that was a hell of a ball game defensively and a lot of flags. And from a bowl standpoint, you got to go play Washington again that you didn't care about doing. You had a chance to go beat Oklahoma, first of all. You didn't get that done in the Big 12 title game. really That was a really good Nebraska team in 2010. But uh, you, you ended up having to rematch Washington in the Holiday Bowl versus getting the Iowa-Nebraska preview in the Outback Bowl, Outback or Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl or whatever it was. You got you got hosed twice, A and M, and then where you got sent bowl wise. So, but the, the the same sense here is OU's a national champion contender. So I don't know that you do much to make their life harder because they could 
bring you a monster paycheck on their way out the door. Now, maybe you, you, you try and get your arrows in at Texas. I don't know. I don't know what you do as, as the Big 12. But it, it, yeah. kind of, it kind of serves you right for kowtowing and catering to Texas since your inception. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the, their whole goal, I mean, when Nebraska left, it was all about how do we cater to Texas to keep them around. And then Nebraska went, oh, if you're just catering to Texas to keep them around, why are we staying? It's, it's seeing the, the, uh, the tea leaves. You were reading the tea leaves and you saw the future. Shout out to Tom Osborne uh, getting Nebraska to the Big Ten when he did. I mean, despite the results in the football field, uh, Nebraska is poised for success. That's what Barry Alvarez told us last week mm-hmm. uh, whenever you sat down with him out of Big Ten media days. Is, uh, or I think uh, Heward said it as well, is that um, Nebraska is in a good place moving forward because of their status as a member of the Big Ten. And uh, I, I think over the past week, a lot of Nebraska fan sentiment has changed. With I mean, People were saying, let's go back to the Big 12. We missed those days. Nobody's no. saying that anymore. Nobody wants to go back there. No. So um, I'm happy in the Big 10. Uh, I just wish that it was, you know, Jim Delaney still around uh, covering conference expansion now with this going on instead of Kevin you, Warren. Right. You just feel you would have felt maybe you give old Jimbo a ring. Say, how about a retainer and come on and knock this Knock this deal out. You and Barry go to work. Kevin, stay out of the way. <laughs> uh, let's talk Green Bay for a second. Aaron Rodgers getting a deal done. Here is Adam Schefter uh, reaction. It sounds like one more year, one more last hurrah for Rodgers and Green Bay. And then it, it is divorce time. They essentially are given one season to try to make this all up to Aaron Rodgers, who I can tell you has not been thrilled with the organization, the culture, the people, whatever it may be. This, I think, is a reprieve. A reprieve that some people as recently as the end of last week did not think was coming. But it has. It's come around to the credit of the Packers and their officials who are able to figure out a way to make enough promises to Aaron Rodgers to bring him back to Green Bay for at least one more season to help try to convince him so that he doesn't sit down after the season and say, guys, I'm done in Green Bay. It was a great 17 years. 17, man, that that's wow. I mean, it's been that long, but it's just kind of a, a wow when you think about it. Yeah, one more road to go. Yeah, they, they've voided his 2023 season. So they, the option's yeah. gone. They aren't going to tag him. Mm-hmm. So and Aaron, they, Aaron Rodgers has his exit plan, and Green Bay's got him back for another year. Right. Now, what you got to do is be able to get something for him because you weren't going to trade him, okay? You weren't going to trade him. There are options out there with, with other quarterbacks that are younger, but you were on the doorstep this year really close to a Super Bowl run. Maybe you have one more in you. We'll see. We'll wind down hour one. Charlie McBride on expansion coming up. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Aaron Rodgers back to Green Bay. What will the pack do? Will they win a division? Put a Super Bowl run together? Or is it just going to be... All right, this was awkward anyway. We got you back, but uh, no one's really into it because of your front office. And, and Aaron, you're, you're doing time versus trying to, to extend your time with this group of, of teammates. More from Adam Schefter here on, on why Green Bay finally was smart to, well, to, to make some concessions, concessions here to A-Rod. 
Green Bay did a very smart thing because there were other teams that would have been interested in trading for Aaron Rodgers, despite the Packers saying we will not trade him. It would have been a situation that would have hung over the franchise throughout the course of the summer. It would have been an enormous distraction not having Aaron Rodgers there. And I can't tell you how close it was to happening and how much Green Bay's change of tune over the course of the last weekend influenced the events and allowed Aaron Rodgers to give in to the concessions that will bring him back to Green Bay and allow for as peaceful a summer as the Packers can have as productive a season as the Packers can have as both sides prepare for the eventual possibility that this could be Aaron Rodgers' last season in Green Bay. Last thought here from Schefter here on the Rodgers saga. The Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers are on the verge of an agreement that's not done yet, that should be done shortly here, that will give Aaron Rodgers enough concessions to bring him back to Green Bay for at least one more season. Now, those concessions will have nothing to do with added money, which is yet further proof that Aaron Rodgers was not seeking the type of new contract that the Packers offered when they offered to make him the highest paid player in all of sports other than Lionel Messi, and he turned down that deal. This is about the way things are run. This is about structure. This is about creating a path for Aaron Rodgers to leave Green Bay potentially after this season the Packers have voided the 2023 season on Aaron Rodgers deal which was the last year in his contract and they've also agreed to promise to review his situation after this year so if Aaron Rodgers still wants a trade after this year he can get it the two sides will sit down and review that after this season so it's a clear exit path for for Rodgers if that's what he wants at the end of the year. So he is in Green Bay. I, I can't wait. I want to see a rematch here, Green Bay-Tampa Part 2, see if Rodgers can get to the, the promised land one more time or if Tom is going for eight. Well, did you see that? Uh, I mean, it looked like a pretty edited video of Tom throwing the football back into the he was edited? Machine. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I, I speak. I thought it was my... just him throwing the football three times and – He's that accurate. I speak from my video editing experience. It looked good until that last one that knocked the jugs machine uh. back. And then w- <laughs> when that ball flew up in the air. Some it, magic. It, it, it didn't stay up in the air long enough for, for those, those. It kind of would have like a little point up top where it would look a little stationary. It never had that. So there's there's my two cents as a former video editor. There we go. Let's uh, remind you about West Blue Realty. Are you going to move? Is that home value so high that you can't say no? Are you looking for uh, specialized residential locations. Uh, West Blue can give that to you. They specialize in Lincoln and surrounding communities. That next move could be smooth for you. For a limited time, you mentioned Hale Varsity. West Blue can provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Tom Luby, give Tom a shout. 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofschneider, 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue. WestBlueRealty.com, 1120 K Street, Suite 200. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. 
Great to have you in. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We'll get Charlie McBride here in a moment. Mondays with Charlie. One of Coach McBride's favorites, Steve Warren, with us here in about 20 minutes. The Warren Academy, the Future 50 Showcase, going to go on Wednesday. We'll be live Wednesday up at uh, the Warren Academy. So we're talking... Seismic changes in college football with expansion and what the SEC is on the verge of doing. Oklahoma and Texas not down with grant of rights, and they are not going to move forward with the Big 12. And the SEC is right there. We welcome in Mr. Blackshirt. It's a Monday with Charlie. Charlie McBride joins us. Coach, thanks for the time. We are back from Big Ten Media Days. And what a last few days it's been for college football. How are you? Well, I'm doing good. (laughs) Maybe some people aren't doing as good as I am. (laughs) That's about right. Coach, I want to get your thoughts here. What do you think of this news and your reaction to Oklahoma and Texas off to the SEC. And I don't know, do you think the SEC just stops at those two? Well, I think they, I, I honestly think they probably will right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, 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 unless that they're going to try to make a complete takeover, and I don't know what good that would do, you know, if they – if they just have one conference, because it's liable to have the other conferences turn against them, and you'll never have a national championship game. Mm. That's that's really. I would, you know, I, I would guess that they just tell the SEC have your have your fun, and we're going in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, they 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 have uh, you know if they try to bite off more than they can chew. Uh, it's going to hurt not only them, but it'll hurt college football. Charlie McBride's with us. What do you think here of, of the move by Texas and Oklahoma? Do you think it makes sense on their part, or do you hate it because it's going to hurt uh, a conference? And we'll get to your thoughts on, on the Big 12 in Texas in a moment, but is this good or bad for college football, or does it matter it's what's going to happen? Well, it, it looks like there was going to be a big blow up anyway after after last year. I just you know you could just kind of feel that something crazy was going to happen. Um, I think you know the only maybe the only two conferences right now that are stable I think are the Big Ten and the Pac-12, and and I'm not too sure that that's that's the case because you may have somebody from the Pac-12 taking a hike, you know, and and. You know, and, and people have already said to go back to the old Big Twelve, and and except for Oklahoma, that would be that would be, you know, uh, again that would be Colorado and Nebraska and uh, Missouri. Uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen. It could even add a And M to that list and have a conference of its own. I I don't know that that wouldn't happen, but. I kind of, I kind of think it's it it may settle down right now. I'm interested here in in your takeaway about Texas. What do you remember about Texas, and uh, specifically with that whole well, jump from the Texas, Big Eight to the Big Twelve? Yeah, Texas is always going to try to take over everything. They took over the conference. They paid them money. You know, they use their money, throw it around, and. Um, uh, 
uh, and and I'll say this that in the past I know guys players that I played with and against that I've talked to that Texas throws their money around in recruiting and and stuff like that and uh, you know they always blamed SMU and A and M and all these other people for stuff but you know they sat back and I think most of them were the alumni were laughing at them because the, the stuff they pulled wasn't wasn't really straightforward and a lot of it doesn't have anything to do with the coaches mm-hmm. a lot of it the coaches don't even know what's going on and it's you know you can't babysit the alumni and the players <laughs> you know so you know the whole thing is going to turn into a, I think a, with this being able to pay I think it's uh, Oklahoma and Texas or uh, Texas of course you know, they want to have championship games down there. Everything wants to be in Texas and this and that. And, you know, I, you know, if you're a Texan, maybe you can't blame them for that. Maybe, it, you know, maybe it, they, they, that's all they know is Texas. And that's probably the, 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 the truth about the whole, the whole matter. People are just worried about themselves and how much money they can put in their pockets. And uh, with now with the players getting money, they're going to cause problems with that. Just because they're going to, they'll cause more trouble on the team itself than they will than they realize. Mm-hmm. You know, if guys start getting picking money, and there's going to be guys that aren't going to be getting money, uh, that kind of money, and there's going to be some hard feelings, and it could break up a team. It could break up a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Coach, I'm interested here with. Uh, the Big Ten now. If you're the Big Ten, you need to, you need to, to act potentially. Can you make one more push for Notre Dame? Do you try and yeah. go? Do you try and go get six teams from the Pac-12 and do your own Super League? I'm also wondering mm-hmm. if the the SEC doesn't try and go get Notre Dame and Clemson and North Carolina. In Florida State, and and kind of bulk themselves up to a twenty-team league. And if you're the Big Ten, I know Barry Alvarez is helping out the commissioner now. Do you try and go get USC and UCLA and Oregon and some other programs, Stanford and Cal, to go along with the the, the kind of a Pac-12 Big Ten merger here? What do you see happening here? Where's Notre Dame in the mix? Well, I. I can, I, well, Notre Dame's already tied up in the ACC with all of their other sports. Yeah. So that that would make sense. But I still think that that in in in, in their own thinking that they like their own money. You know that. I mean, they mm-hmm. they they're sitting pretty as it is. But while a lot of this conference stuff could hurt their hurt their schedule. Mm-hmm. And as you know, in the past, uh, you know, um, geographically, Notre Dame is, is should be buried in the Big Ten, if they, if anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they've been asked, they've been, you know, any time. I think that 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 that's an open game. I mean, I think they've been told that, you know, time and again, <clears throat> if you want to join. I mean, in the old days, and maybe still, they're using Big Ten officials in their games and everything else, but yet. You know, they're, they went to the ACC with a lot of their basketball and some of their other sports. And, you know, and that, that, that is a, that's, that's going to be a, maybe a problem for um, uh, Notre Dame to, to move mm-hmm. because of the other sports. 
and uh, you know they they may just try to keep their their sovereignty, you know, and just stay with stay with being independent. I you know you don't know what they're thinking because it <laughs> a lot of it comes from the top. It doesn't sure. come from the coaches. Sure. Coaches, it comes from the the bean counters and the you know mm-hmm. and everything like that. That that's the main thing yeah, I think at Notre Dame is. Is to you know be sure that there's 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 solvent you know in, sure. in all respects. Do you? Uh, so it's going to be hard. They may be they may be the guy that just that just holds the whole thing up and sure. and from from uh, you know because if, if the ACC feels like well Notre we can't get Notre Dame, that may change their thinking a little bit. Do you do anything if you're the Big Ten? You know, I, I I just hate to see football thrown around like a basketball and everybody just running around changing and doing stuff like that. I can see what you have a you have a new commissioner and and I I'd say with the old commissioner you wouldn't there wouldn't be anything but who know I don't know mm-hmm. what this guy will do now with Barry there. You know, there's a good chance what you the, the scenario that you you ran before. If, if people are going to start pushing each other around, then then I would say the ACC would, is probably going to. I mean, uh, the, the Big Ten and the ACC they could make a super conference without. I think without a problem. I mean, I think it'd be no problem at all to 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 do something like that. I don't know that they would, but um, uh, you know that's really stretching it and um i think that right now i think you've seen the two schools that'll move i don't know that anybody else is going to do anything right now i think there'll be a lot of thinking over the next couple of years though charlie when you just look at the uh the concept of a super conference i want you to to think about like what it would mean on a football field for Nebraska. If there's 16 teams in a conference, you can't play all 15 every single year. So, I mean, whenever you have to really dial in and focus in on what would be the, the Big Ten West, I guess, uh, does that make things easier or more difficult from a football sense whenever most of the teams, or I guess half the teams in the conference, you probably wouldn't play every single year? Well, it always makes it easier when you're playing the same teams over because you get a consistency of what they're doing, and it's a little bit easier to prepare probably than if you're banging around jumping from one team to the other every year you're going across the country to go play you know Rutgers and some of these teams that um you know if you're not in a in a in a league I can see you playing you know one or two games that way but you know that you're looking at finances again. I mean, uh, you know, travel is a big deal now. I mean, it's not like it used to be. You know, and 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 the financial part of that isn't you know something you just forget about. That in recruiting now, if you if you have a locked in conference, Nebraska's in the middle. Okay. And and with the new SEC, you can see that that part of the country's pretty well covered. And then you start talking about the East Coast and the East End when you start, if you start picking Penn State out of there and so on and so forth, which that'll be, I think that'd be hard to do. But, um, you know, some of those, that's how they survived is on the East Coast and in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Whereas Nebraska has to move around the country, Iowa has to move around a little bit. And, the old days, Kansas and Kansas State, and they're all of them, you know, because they're out in politi- uh, population-wise, they have to 
do things that are, you know, that, that cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it probably would make it a little bit harder to recruit Florida and, of course, Texas. And uh, so we'd have to pull our horns in, at least in Nebraska, in the, in the, in the middle of the country, and, you know, knit, just pick here and there, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, that's not going to be easy. Charlie, what happens to Texas if they're playing in the SEC next year? Are they going to be able to hang tough, or are they going to get curb stomped? Well, I think that, you know, I don't know what they I, – I know, they, of course, they always have a good team and, and things like that, but I think it's a lot of times Texas creates their own enemies. They don't have to worry about it. I mean, there, there's going to be schools that want to punch their ticket easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, of all the two schools moving, you know, that are that are moving into the into the SEC, I'd guess there's already some schools talking about knocking them around because uh, they they can't keep their mouth shut. You know, they got to be bragging about everything they do, money and everything, and they'll try to get in the conference and be the leaders and do that kind of stuff, and it's not going to be easy. Well, a uh, little... They could use a slice of humble pie. A little, little hazing never hurt anybody, right? I mean, a uh, little SEC-type <laughs> hazing to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, the Big 12 can make the moves, too. I don't know what it would be, but, uh, you know, the Big 12 could could, uh, could make probably a few moves. I I haven't thought that much about what teams they'd be, but... I, I look at what you're what you're saying is I, I agree with more that the ACC and the Clemsons and the North Carolinas and those people, you know, would try to tr- get something going if they feel like they're going to get really really flush. Now, if this whole thing goes into the tank, mm-hmm. you know, you might have the Southeast Conference, but you might have a lot of other t- teams. You know, saying, "Well, you guys go ahead and do this, but we're the national championship is out the window." You know, and so there won't be. An, you'll be. You'll have a conference game, and then that'll be it. We'll have our conference games, and that'll be it. Well, what and, I um, what I can see happening is is you've got the ACC stays together, or they lose their most valuable assets to the SEC. And so you've got a leftover crew of some decent programs from the ACC right. and the Big 12 and then leftover Pac-12 if some of the who's who, SC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, if they join the Big 10. Because, you know, the Big 10 and the SC, the Big 10 and the Pac-12 have, have some high-dollar, highly accredited academic institutions that are all about that, uh, that research money. Yeah. Well, let me just say this. I I could see Nebraska going west rather than loading up on the east. I mean, yeah, in, yeah. personally. I, I could see Nebraska, you know, going going to the Pac-12 and making a conference out of what they consider would be a West Coast conference mm-hmm. or something like that. With the, You know, and I think, uh, you know, you have Utah and, and, and so on and – you know, so they 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 aren't. Nebraska's not really out of it. It's kind of they're they're kind of the distance maybe of would be a little bit uh, not quite as far as Rutgers would be, but uh, I can see Nebraska going the other way. Well, I think Nebraska and maybe and maybe and maybe some other schools. Mm-hmm. You know, in the in uh, 
you know, in the in this area, I don't know, you know, whether you'd get Oklahoma or State or you'd get some of these other schools mm-hmm. that are pretty darn good. I and mean, I don't think people are giving Oklahoma State enough credit. You know, if, if one school I've always thought about, and you know, who knows about Arkansas and mm-hmm. what Missouri would do and things sure. like that. You know, they may say, "Hey, I'm going west." <laughs> you know, and then you turn the other way, and you have a Western Conference and an Eastern mm. Conference. You know, and there, Charlie McBride's so, with us, Coach. We'll uh, we'll see where things land. Thanks for jumping on with <laughs> us today. It's fun thinking about it, though, isn't it? Yeah, as long as we're not having to move. Well, I'm sure we get the season started. Things will calm down. That'll be good. Coach, you take care. Thanks for the time okay. today. Okay, guys. Yep, you bet. Bye. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery Roadshow. For us on Wednesday, we are headed up to the Warren Academy and the Future 50, a showcase of so much Nebraska in-state talent. And, of course, Southwest Iowa, the man uh, with Warren Academy and the Dream Foundation. Steve Warren is with us, Husker great, Husker Hall of Famer, NFL vet. Steve, you got to be gearing up for, for Wednesday. How are things? How's the stress level? It is going good. You know, the kids are all, uh, for the most part, most of them that we invited can make it. Um, this is a, a kind of an easier event for me because there's not really testing and I don't have to get a bunch of coaches involved. It's really what <laughs> what the kids want to do. They want to get pictures of themselves. They want to talk to the media. So it, it's, been a, it's been one of the easier events I've ever had to put together, and I'm, I'm glad it's almost here. Steve, what, what's your take on, on how things have evolved with kind of our era where, yeah, there was a blue chip and we were just in front of the the recruiting services. But, you know, the the Nebraska fan base, the Oklahoma fan base, Missouri, I mean, there were, there were, there were college football fans uh, when we graduated high school that were interested in where, where the local talent was going. But man, with the uh, invention of, of social media, you've got open doors and branding and name, image and likeness. And then just such a deep pool of talent in the state of Nebraska and surrounding communities. I mean, it is it is about publicity and, and also, obviously, what, what you do on the field. It's a different era right now, isn't it, man? It's, it's, it's wild to think about. Yeah, I mean, with everything going on right now this last month or so with the NIL and now everything is happening in the conferences and people jumping ship and conferences kind of looking like they're going to dissolve, like sports as we know it are about to change. And I think this will be a, a, a mark in history where people will look back and say, you know, it was never the same after, after this summer. Uh, it, there's a lot going on. It, good, and we'll never, we don't know if it's going to be so, mm-hmm. so good. Some that may not be so good when we look back on things. But it's definitely been an interesting time, and there's really been no better time to be a, a – a future big name college athlete. Um, so the open doors part of that is is really interesting to me, and I'm I'm going to learn something that day too because I, I want to know how it all works and what the limitations are and, and what the opportunities are. So these these kids have a a tremendous uh, a tremendous uh, a future. A lot of them with with football and sports. So and then they have a big opportunity with this NIL and. and and to where things are headed that way. Steve, what's been your message to the kids? Uh, you were a guy that 
you were always good with the media and friendly with the media and you sounded awesome, but your, your game did a lot of the talking for you. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the level of play you had. What's been your advice or your insight to some of these kids is we, we are getting on that doorstep of a new era of college athletics. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just been, you know, find out as much as you can. You know, educate yourself. Um, and then with money coming into the picture, surround yourself by people that are going to tell you to do the right things with it. Um, that's the that's the biggest thing is make sure that you're educating yourselves in both of those areas. You know what? How do I take advantage of this opportunity? And then if I'm fortunate enough to where I'm getting a decent amount of money, what should I do with it? Um, how should I how should I use it for me in the future? Some of these some of these kids that are getting these million dollar contracts, if you really think about it, if they invest and do the right things and put this money away, they might not need to go play in the pros, right? Um, so they can they can really take care of their bodies and take care of their future and, and still uh, and still put a good amount of money away to where they're they're living fine for the rest of their lives. So it's 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 exciting. Steve, are you at all worried about these kids, you know, being a little bit blinded by the money and not necessarily picking a school that's the right fit for them? You know, uh, if they see this big Power Five school with a whole bunch of fans, uh, gives them an offer. Uh, are, you, are you worried that they'll go to that school because of name, image, and likeness, and the chance to capitalize that as opposed to finding the school that is the right fit for them? That, that's the interesting part is you don't know how much that's going to play into it because there, there's not, from what I've seen, there's not been a lot of college is really um, giving a lot of what they're doing. Of course, they're probably trying to keep that close to their, close to them mm-hmm. and to themselves and in-house, so they're not giving away the game plan too much or how they're recruiting these kids, but it'll all get out eventually. So it'll be interesting to see um, which colleges really push it and really push the envelope with it and then which ones really don't get that involved with it and how that, how that uh, reflects in their recruiting. Steve Warren's with us, the Warren Academy Dream Foundation. Of course, the Future 50 Showcase, Hale Varsity, on the road Wednesday live. Some of the, the, the top talents in state and surrounding communities uh, going to be at the Future 50. Steve Warren, uh, great Husker, Husker legend, NFLer, and, uh, of course, uh, in charge of the Warren Academy. Steve, uh, a thought here with just what you've seen or heard from kids as more and more area kids, some have committed, some are still weighing their options uh, with this NIL. Has it changed or have, have kids divulged that, that you work with different pitches or approaches or is it still kind of standard right now where it's a position coach or the head coach is in and they're all working solely on fit versus opportunity right now? It, it seems like it's still um, recruiting as normal. Um, from most of the kids I've talked to, and I haven't really dove into it too much. I'm, I'm really, for me, my education process starts on Wednesday when, when Open Doors comes in and kind of explains how this all works because um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to know too. But for most of the kids I've talked to, that didn't, the NIL stuff didn't really come up when we were talking about colleges or what they were planning on doing and how that, how that plays a part. But you'd have to think it's in the back of their mind. Like somebody like Caden Helms, um, like Caden, Micah, um, Devin Jackson, who are pretty much could go anywhere in the country they want to go. And, you know, you got one going to Auburn and one going to Oklahoma already, and uh, Devin not sure, and then Deshaun Woods going to Mizzou. But the SEC, with everything that's going there, 
how much money that's potentially going to flow into that conference with Texas and Oklahoma coming in there. It has to be in their minds, or it should be. You laid out some of the the big time names, and and man, what a what a what a senior group for for the Metro. Who are some other names that that folks may know, Steve, and some other names that folks will soon know when it comes to this twenty twenty one football season that'll be part of the the, the future fifty. Well, starting in, starting in Iowa, um, there's a kid named Rex Johnson that trained with me this past um, this past spring. And he's a really intriguing process, prospect to me. He's very good, good size. And I know a lot of the, um, a lot of the, 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 the FBS schools have started to, to look at him, and he worked out at Iowa and Iowa State. And I think if he has a decent season, he might get um, a Power 5 offer. He's got Wyoming and a few other um, mid-majors now. But he's a, he's a good prospect. Uh, the kid out of North Platte, uh, Tone. He was one that I really didn't know myself, uh, but just looking at his numbers and his size and his athleticism, um, his dad, he's got the, you know, the lineage there. His dad played at Washington State. He's a kid that I think people uh, will, will like when they look at him. Um, you know the Maverick Noonans and uh, Jonathan Humple there from Iowa, too, that's a younger kid, Davon Hall, uh, Daniel Kalen. Those guys are all 23 and 24s. Um, Sam Sledge uh, is a 23 kid, so uh, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of good prospects on this list. Gage Singer and Jake Gasway out of Miller South, Coy McIntyre, uh, Kate Becker. The list is a, 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 a really impressive list of, of athletes, and we had a good number. Like Ben Bramer can't make it, and there's about 15 or so guys that were invited to this that can't make it, but. Really what was impressive to me is when I started doing this list was there's a there's well over 60 to 65 guys in the southwest from in Nebraska in the southwest Iowa region that is close to us that have division 1 offers and a lot of major a lot of major offers too so this the, the crop of talent is um slowly increasing every year especially in football uh Mac Owens is a kid that's been around a few times he's a good looking player and there's a there's a kid out of Iowa named um Van Butt, he's about six seven. So I'm just interested to see some of the size of these kids when they come in. Steve Warren, the Warren Academy, with us here on Hale Varsity. And Steve, when you look at these kids, you talk about how many different offers there are in the area right now. But when when you look at the kids, do you think that they're you know graduating high school in a more college ready state than the athletes of say 30 years ago? I mean, when they have opportunities like the Warren Academy and, and this year round training they can do, do you think they are you know preparing themselves better for college than the athletes of 30 years ago? Absolutely. I mean, I was an athlete coming out 30 years ago, so it's it's interesting because the way people train and the way athletes train have have it's changed quite a bit. You know, these kids now are um, mastering their skills. They're, there's special programs and special organizations like Warren Academy that they can go to and get specialized lifting programs and get them ready and teach them the proper technique. There's a lot of opportunities and um, things out there to help these kids get ready. So it's, it's night and day difference from uh, even 15 years ago, it's night and day difference. See, we started Warren Academy about 15 years ago now, and everything – it, everything has changed even since then um, with the way that camps are involved now. When camps weren't before, college camps I'm talking about weren't as important as they are now. So it's, it's, uh, it's definitely an interesting time, and these kids are definitely better players than they were 15 years ago. The things that we're able to get into now day one, 
with some of these kids were not the same things. We were still teaching stance and starts. Now we're getting into more advanced movements and more advanced, um, you know, teaching of the game. But there's still some of the, the basic knowledge. But uh, overall, though, it's, it's, it's night and day different than it was 10 to 15 years ago. Steve, what was your setup and situation like? Steve Warren's with us. Nebraska on your radar. Uh, you, you, I think Auburn. I mean, you, you, had, a, you had the who's who coming after you uh, out of, out of uh, Missouri where you grew up. But what was your regiment like, man, uh, compared to these kids? Or was it similar? Were you putting in uh, the, the crazy amount of time off season to get you ready for the season? Yeah, I spent a lot of time in the weight room. Um, that was number one. Um, we, had a, we had a high school program that we lived in the weight room, everybody that was on our team. Um, was dedicated to lifting weights pretty much year-round, um, not just summertime or summer conditioning. We started um, after the football season over the winter, and we went through uh, throughout the summer. So into the weight room, but there wasn't as much skill work as you see kids doing now. Like, I didn't do a lot of skills and drills. There wasn't really any specialty coaches out there that were, you know, focused on training kids just individually on their skills. So it was mainly just weight room, and then you know when the football season got there, that was pretty much the two things that you that you did. But now it's it's year round, and um, you can fly all over the country and meet with uh, gurus and <laughs> all kinds of people that can help you get better. And we're back, fellas. You think we could listen to the radio on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery? Yes, that's awesome. Steve Warren's with us. Steve, couple last thoughts. Uh, the Future 50 going on Wednesday with the Warren Academy. Hale Varsity will be live uh, up there. Uh, we'll uh, have some StreamYard videos of some of the top prospects. Also, uh, live interviews, uh, four to six uh, on site. And uh, just super excited to be a part of this and the invite from uh, from the Warren Academy. Steve, I, I got to ask you, you alluded to it earlier about conference realignment you're a, you're, a, you're a Big 12 guy, and uh, you got to play Texas and beat Texas. You got to play Oklahoma and beat Oklahoma, and now they've got the U-Haul out. What do you think this means for the Big 10, and, and what's your reaction as a Big 12 guy seeing the SEC going hungry, hungry hippo here trying to create this Super League? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be, um, I think, a dog-eat-dog world when it comes to this conference realignment now. Um, and if the Big Ten doesn't jump in fast, mm-hmm. um, you know, I can see the Pac-12 or the ACC trying to jump in and grab some of these, um, some of these schools that are just kind of hanging in limbo. Um, but they've been talking about it for years, right, going to the five major conferences. And I think that's where it's headed to, you know, and people are – um, these colleges and these, these conferences are not at all happy with the NCAA, so there's no telling what's going to happen with that. And if somebody eventually tries to break away from there, it's, it's a crazy time right now. And <laughs> there's, it doesn't seem like there's much stability. I don't know if anybody else feels. Do you guys feel that way? Like, I don't feel, no. I don't feel like there's a lot of stability in college sports right now. I feel like it's, it's kind, of, uh, kind of fractured and all over the place with the way people are, are viewing all this stuff that's going on. No, it isn't stable. I think T.O. knew it ahead of time and looks brilliant. He's always looked brilliant, but especially now with, with Texas and OU flying the coop. And you mentioned the Big Ten. 
the Big Ten better make a phone call and go get themselves a, a, a six-pack and yeah. go, go get your Pac-12 squads that you want and, and not figure out if you can get Notre Dame or mess with this Kansas fit, yes and no, right? I mean, the, their football needs to be rehabilitated. Lance can do that, but right now it's not good. Cincinnati, I mean, there are regional options, yes, but you've had a long, yeah. long partnership with the Pac-12. Go get you, go get you SC, get you UCLA, get you Oregon, get you Washington, get you Cal, get you Stanford. And, and who doesn't like a six-pack, Steve? Yeah, exactly. Go get as much. And, you know, another school in the Big 12 that's kind of hanging there that I, you know, Kansas sounds good, but Kansas State might be even better from a football standpoint. Oh, I think they'd be great. Um, but, you know, and I, these are my words. You know, uh, some would say uppity. I will call it selective. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> the Big Ten is with who they let into their party. And I don't know that K-State, K-State's going to get, you know, double cover charge or something like that to get into this party. Yeah. But, no, K-State football-wise, I, I don't disagree. Same with Campbell and Iowa State. They're both really good programs. So yeah, it would be nice to get some of those those big research institutions that you're talking about out there to the Big Ten. That'll change things too. Oh, game changers financially. You're a you're an old Green Bay Packer. Sounds like uh, I don't know that they've kissed and made up, but it sounds like Aaron Rodgers and the Pack have uh, mutually agreed to uh, to continue working together. What's your take on Aaron? Or, or, did, did you play with him, or did you cross over much, or no? Probably not. No, no, he was he was after uh, he came after I was gone from there. Um, but I figured that that wasn't, um, you know, Tom Brady kind of joked about it in the golf thing. He yeah. thought Aaron's Aaron's disgruntled with no options, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> with no options other than retirement. It, it was funny, but he was telling the absolute truth. You know. <laughs> There wasn't a lot of people that were probably going to jump at, um, you know, an aging quarterback for what he wants, you know, and then just coming off of uh, MVP year, what he's going to ask for. So I didn't think that that financially was going to work out too well. There's always probably somebody that wants to see how it's going to go. But I figured that that would end up the way it looks like it's headed now. But I think we'll be in the same place in a year from now, you know, so – We'll see. It's just, uh, it, it's just you know, you can't, you can't, you can't uh, ruffle the feathers of the guys that's, um, that's that's bringing you all the attention and winning you all the and helping you win all those games. And they got to figure out a way to keep him happy for sure. Well, the contract is the the agreement is uh, the twenty twenty three year in the Rogers contract, the last one of his current deal, going to be voided, with no franchise tags allowed for the future. Uh, the Packers would agree to review Rodgers' situation at the end of the year. Rodgers' contract would be adjusted with no loss of income to give the Packers more cap room. So, uh, yeah, so they're, they're they're making their way apart. They're yeah. coming back together, but they're slowly making their way of saying, "This is how we break up," where it's financially and mutually agreeable for both of us. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, they're setting the stage for divorce right now. Oh, completely. Uh, the, the, I went the lake house, you get the uh, the, the Vail Resort, <laughs> right? <laughs> Steve yeah, Warren's definitely for sure. Hey, the Future 50 going to be incredible Wednesday with the Warren Academy. Steve Walt, we'll see you this week. Thanks for the time today. No problem. And I, I just want to say thank you to our sponsors, Soldier Sports and McAvicka Physical Therapy. And I think we might have a Joel, Joel McAvicka sighting. Don't quote me or don't. Don't hold me to that, but I think 
Joel may show up, so you might get to see him, Smitty. No, here's the thing. We're, we're going to go take Joel's golf club, so he'll have to show up. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you guys having us on. Thanks, man. All right, have a good one. Got to love Steve Warren, black shirt, and NFLer, and uh, Warren Academy. The uh, showcase is going to be big time. Future 50, Warren Academy, Joel Makovica, and uh, we'll be there a lot of the day with some of the, the who's who of the prospects and also some kids around the state. We'll, uh, we'll kind of double duty this. We'll, we'll knock them out uh, on radio in, in a good way, I mean. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, and, and then we'll, we'll get some StreamYard going as well, like we did for, for Big Ten Media Days. You said knock them out. You throw hands just up no, there. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Is, that, is that would not, not go well for you. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I, I, will, I will not do that. Let's do it. Junior, what's your dad doing putting his hands on me? Uh, Carson's like, dude, just just maul the old man. <laughs> so just a quick update here with preseason camp uh, sent to open up here Friday for Nebraska. One of the guys we talked to for the 2021 class, Branson Yeager, is not uh, going to be part of things. The uh, 2021 signee was supposed to be a mid-year guy, but he's not been involved with the program. I think he was a Utah guy, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big boy. He was like six foot eight, six foot nine, three hundred plus pounds. They they had to. I think the whole the whole mission for them whenever they brought him on campus was to kind of not get his weight under control, but get it in a place where he was a little more athletic, a little more explosive. So uh, you like the size and probably the mentality, but he he was a developmental guy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've got uh, Tariq Johnson is going to wear number one, which is good for him. Which means. I guess we'll see how name, image, and likeness change, but you can buy a Tyreek Johnson jersey without the name on the back because number one's always an option. Yeah, it's always one, and then tw- it'll be 21. Yes, it will, yeah. So that's Roger Craig, Richard Bell. Who else was 21? That's a good question. Uh, Prince Mukamara. Prince. There's other 21s. And then that- a year from now, you can get Rex Burkhead, 22. <laughs> Finally, right? <laughs> <laughs> Ten years later. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. So, Adam Rittenberg, ESPN.com, obviously giving a tip of the cap to Coach Osborne on his social media channel was throwing this out earlier today. And the question is this. Big Ten fans curious about what you want the league to do. Stay at 14. The money is strong. Focus on Notre Dame. Add what's left of the Big 12. Big 12. Or look at the Pac-12 ACC. What's your pick? I, I say let's add what's left of the Pac-12 and ACC because you can get some good programs and you can get some 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 brand value. I mean, don't you think USC is right up there with Texas and Oklahoma? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, when, when you look at... And from I mean, a recency standpoint, so is Oregon. 
I mean, even look at the the top six schools in the S or the Pac-12. Can compare them to the top six in the Big Twelve. Outside of Texas and Oklahoma, who's your top six in the Big Twelve that's worth anything? I mean, no, in you, the you SEC, just, Oregon's a great brand. UCLA's a great brand. USC's a great brand. Uh, I'm, who am I forgetting here? Uh, Washington. Washington's a great brand. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's five or six well, great Stan- Pac-12 schools. Stanford and Cal. Stanford and Cal, though, I don't know about their. They're going to they're going to make the nerds happy. I'm just not sure about them jumping ship. I mean, does Stanford really do that much for you in terms of, I mean, they can't even fill their home stadium sometimes. No, I, I get it. I totally get it. But I'm saying from, you may have to bite the bullet on the, those two with with the academic side. Mm-hmm. I mean, that'll get the academic side, like, ready to run through a wall for you. I mean, and Cal's had good football programs in the past. Well, we think back to the Aaron Rodgers team, the Marshawn Lynch team. Like, there was a Sean good... Jackson. There was a good era of Cal Way football. before your time, Charles White. Way before my time, yes. Like, they were a 10-2 and two squad. I'll say this. Stanford, I mean, Stanford's been 7-5, and five, all right? And those were your opponents when Sparty and, and Wisconsin were going to Rose Bowls. It was always Stanford winning the Pac-12. Those were some fun matchups too. And it was it was Smash Mouth, right? And then you had then you had Harbaugh for a cup of coffee there, and Andrew Luck. You know, and, and then with Cal, I mean, you got Wilcox there. I mean, he's a former Wisconsin defensive coordinator. My question is: Is when you look at USC, do they do enough? I mean, I know they do for a, from a TV standpoint, but like, I mean, I, I mentioned Stanford failing to fill their home stadium. USC has the same problem where they don't have the that, LA that, market that great, but it does. That's, that's a hellhole, though. I mean, it's just it, the Coliseum's garbage. It's, it's antiquated. They're, they're in desperate need of facilities, and by default, they're just nine and four every year because they get incredible talent. They should be. They're a lot like Texas, except they've won a Rose Bowl over a good Penn State here recently. What well, what gets me most excited about Pac-12 expansion though is you could start it off Big Ten football for Big Noon kickoff, and then we get Big Ten after dark out in the West Coast. It's just twelve hours of Big Ten football. So you just got to do this. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's done for you. Give me Nebraska USC at nine thirty Central Time. Well, you know, there'll be a lot of red beer flowing. Give me Iowa-Oregon at 10.30 Central Time. (laughs) 70% of folks in fatal crashes in Nebraska, they're not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, seatbelts can and will reduce the risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash. Bucklet, I'm brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. We will hear from uh, Mr. Sooner, Dean Blevins, tomorrow. Talk to you at 4.